Generating traffic and sales can be a challenge for online merchants. But selling on the Walmart marketplace puts your products in front of millions of customers who shop on walmart.com. And right now, sellers who join Walmart Marketplace can save up to 50% on referral and fulfillment fees for the first 90 days. So get started today. Head over to marketplace.walmart.com savings. That's marketplace.walmart.com savings. Welcome to E-Commerce Conversations, a weekly podcast focusing on e-commerce topics featuring interviews with prominent people in the e-commerce space. This is Kerry Murdoch with Practical E-Commerce, and welcome to E-Commerce Conversations. Every e-commerce site has a web host. Some are hosted by the shopping cart provider, others are hosted by third-party companies, and increasingly many are hosted by cloud providers where bandwidth and usage can adjust with the seasonal needs of a site. Our guest today has recently switched the hosting of her company's e-commerce site to the cloud environment. She's Teresa Fox, Managing Director with SoundsTrue.com, a publisher of products and services that encourage spiritual development. Well, Teresa, thank you for your time today. Hello, thank you. Teresa, your business that, you're, that you work for, SoundsTrue.com, uh, it's an interesting business. The products you sell are interesting, and your method of delivering those products are, is interesting as well. Could you describe briefly for us what Sounds True is and what it is that your business does. Sure. Sounds True is a publishing company that really focuses on spiritual transformation and specifically in categories of meditation, energy healing, um, life purpose, yoga, things like that. And we sell a lot of audio programs uh, that are recorded lecture style. We also sell videos, uh, paper books, electronic products such as digital downloads, uh, e-books. Uh, we have online courses and events, live online events platform as well. Now your shopping cart that that does much of what you just described, that's a custom cart as I recall. Could you, or it's a custom Kona cart I think is what you told me. Could you, do, could you recap sort of your platform for us for purposes of our listeners? Sure. We had been on a Yahoo store until late uh, 2008, at which time we rolled out using Kona Card as the base, but we've made significant modifications to it. And now, well, not quite two years later, I'd say it's barely recognizable as Kona Card anymore. Uh, some of the main changes that we made were in combining digital download products and hard goods in a, a single display during the search results. We've uh, changed the search algorithms. We've changed the checkout and reduced it to a single page checkout experience. So we went with a base that was able to get us up and running very quickly and then did the modifications to get the product that we really wanted. Have you made those modifications in-house? I mean, do you, do you have in-house folks that do all that? Yes, we do. Yeah. 
Now you've gone through an evolution. You just described that briefly to us. You you went from Yahoo, uh, a hosted solution, to uh, to your internal. I believe you you've told me that you hosted internally with when you first migrated to Kona with the changes there, and now you've migrated to cloud hosting, which is the topic of this interview. Uh, could you explain the evolution of hosting that you've gone through for us and why you ended up with cloud hosting? Originally, we were on a Yahoo store, which was not only the um, hardware platform, but uh, was software as a service, basically. So we didn't have our own shopping platform at all. We didn't have the ability to do customizations. We couldn't combine our digital products with our hard goods. We used a separate store for that called Learn Out Loud at the time. And so as we grew, it wasn't meeting the needs for the uh, movement into this downloadable world that we were really seeing, and we weren't able to build the online courses and events platform that we needed to deliver. So in 2008, we uh, attempted to do all of this in-house, as I said, on the cone cart, but we had all our own hardware. Uh, we worked with a, a hosting company, but we purchased all the hardware. We had to uh, take on those expenses. And with as much digital media that we have, uh, it was getting very pricey for us to have the storage that we needed for all the uh, delivery of the things that we needed. So about... Um, Early this year, around January, we began the cloud project to take a look at whether we could more efficiently and more cost-efficiently, uh, specifically, move this to the cloud so that instead of spending our money on purchasing more and more hardware, we could get a system that would work better for us. So we moved to Amazon around June. Now, give our listeners, uh, who are smaller e-commerce merchants, uh, give our listeners an idea of just the size of your business. Could you tell us, like, maybe how many SKUs you guys have or how many products you have that we're talking about we migrated, that, that you migrated to Amazon? There's thousands of SKUs, particularly um, because mm -hmm. we have multiple formats on some of the same products. So there may be a digital version, a CD version, uh, a video version, uh, and so on. So it adds up to thousands of different uh, SKUs that have to be delivered. And some of them involve very large media files, especially with the video that's in downloadable form. Some of those uh, become quite large. And we were facing some challenges with being able to scale as there was more and more demand hitting our servers at the same time for some of that downloadable media and uh, being able to get the, the kinds of um, access times that we needed. And by using S3, the high availability part of the cloud, we were really able to make significant improvements in delivery time to the user, take the load off the servers for us, and really get a much more efficient delivery of that media. Do you use your previous servers at all now? We do. We repurposed all of them and um, mm. have incorporated them into some of the internal systems. So they became storage devices for um, processing some of these files and going through the steps along the way before they're in final format. And uh, we've been able to absorb most of it into other needs. So, for example, our art department needed more storage space for images and things like that. So we were able to uh, repurpose the bulk of the equipment and uh, uh, also use it for various other uh, environments, development environments, and so on. 
Teresa, before I ask you about your results to date with Amazon, let me ask you this. How did you reach the decision of picking Amazon? I'm guessing you looked at other cloud hosting providers. Rackspace is a name that comes to mind. But how did you finally settle on Amazon? Uh there is two main driving forces. One is that it's so well documented and there's a ton of community resources and references. So as you're implementing and you're encountering problems or challenges, it's very easy to find other users who have experienced similar things that have already posted their solutions and to be able to get the kind of help that you need, which is particularly important if you're a smaller to mid-sized business, to be able to tap into a knowledge base that's already out there. And then uh, we had a... Uh, person on our team that had previous familiarity with Amazon at a previous place of employment. So it was uh, something we could get up to speed on much quicker than one of the other platforms. And it's been working out very well for us. That leads into my next question. You say it's working out very well. Everything's, I believe you said you switched over in June. Every, you're pleased with the performance so far? We're very pleased at this point. Now, when we first launched in June, we did have some performance problems and some load balancing problems. And by using the community resources I was talking about to research them, we were able to find the tips that we needed to get those addressed uh, very quickly. And uh, by July, I would say we were at a point where we were exceedingly happy with how it's going. It cleared up problems that we had had when we were on our own hardware with uh, not always being able to deliver and handle the volume. And now we're um, able to handle a far greater volume than we did at that time. The initial bugs that you mentioned there that you had to work through, were they related to how your software interacted with Amazon's, or was it something that Amazon was doing? Some of the, the problems that people talk about are noisy neighbors, uh, meaning which when you're on an instance, you're sharing it with someone else and getting to a point where uh, you've got a configuration where other things are not um, possibly taking some of the, you know, the horsepower that you need at any given point in time. Um, some of the things having to do with which applications reside where were just things that we had to work out along the way. So it was fairly simple to find enough information about it and get it all squared away. And at this point, from a cost perspective, we're even more happy than, I mean, the performance is, is improved and it's cheaper for us than what we had been doing before. Without asking a nosy question here, can you give us some idea of the cost savings, the percentage savings perhaps that, you're, that you've experienced switching over to what you had previously? Sure. On an annual basis, we were paying five times as much in purchasing new hardware as we are for our servicing agreement. Wow. So it was significant <laughs> for times. us. But I think a part of that is because we have so many very large media files and the ability with Amazon to really be flexible and expand to use only what you need and to pull down when you want to pull down. So, for example, our staging environment is not up 24-7. We run something that brings it up in the morning when people arrive and are ready to start doing work, and it pulls it down at the end of the day when they leave. And if we ever have a situation where we say, oh, we need it up for an extra hour today, it's very simple to just make that change, and you only pay for what you're using. You've mentioned the resources that are available there for you and your, your team at Amazon. That implies to me that's a, a lot of self-service going on. That is, you don't, you're unable or you don't want to pick up the phone and call someone there for their help. 
uh, is that a, a fair way of looking at that in terms of it's pretty much self-service support? It's pretty much self-service. Um, there may be other options, but the self-service option has been working very well for us. So we don't have a direct contact person at Amazon that we work on work with in order to resolve things. We simply look at the literature that's already out there and we go ahead and figure it out and have been able to, to make progress very quickly. Um, I'm sure if we ever ran into something where we couldn't get an answer, we could um, you know, arrange for some additional help, but we're trying to be pretty scrappy and cost efficient and so uh, we like to go with um, what's available for free out there. Yeah. Have you had any direct contact with an Amazon support person that you know of at all? I'm not aware of us having done that at all. Yeah. What's the underlying code of your of, of what used to be a Kona cart that you've heavily customized? What is that underlying code that is now being run on Amazon? We're, well, we have a combination of things, but the shopping mm -hmm. cart part itself is uh, Java. Mm -hmm. um, also, in some of our front-end parts of the website use PHP, and um, so it's a mix of different things, but the, the bulk of the, the real guts of it are Java. Mm -hmm. Now, our audience, uh, we have, we'll have folks listening to this that are perhaps interested in cloud hosting. You are with a what we would consider to be a larger, uh, a larger company. You've just gone through the process of switching over. What advice or what thoughts can you share with our audience, smaller merchants who may be contemplating this? I wouldn't wait till you get to our size. I think that our when we went from Yahoo, we probably should have gone directly to cloud at that time. Um, I think that if I were a smaller business, it would be even more compelling to not have to manage the hardware ourselves. Uh, we had had some challenges with being able to um, solve some of the problems we were running into in that hardware space, and it's very expensive to get the kind of help you need when you're trying to solve those things on your own, whereas in the cloud environment, it's very easy and efficient to find things and get them corrected faster, and taking any kind of an outage when you're small really hurts, so being able to immediately resolve issues uh, really helps out a lot. So my advice would be, you know, you want to run. You want to just get into it and um, find out how it works for you. And uh, I, I don't think there's a reason not to do it. What about those merchants that aren't necessarily hosting internally, but they're using a third-party host in some environment at a third-party host? How could you compare a cloud arrangement with a merchant using a third-party non-cloud environment? <laughs> Well, I think it's very dependent on what the third party is and how expensive that solution is. If you're completely outsourced where you're not maintaining internal staff just to manage your hardware, where someone else is taking care of everything for you, there's usually a price tag that comes with that. And I would say compare that to what your cost would be in the Amazon environment. And typically in those third party hosting things, you are committing to volume and you don't have the same ability to flex, grow when you need to grow, shrink when you need to shrink, and constantly adjust it, you're usually committing to a certain um, size of hardware that's guaranteed to be available for you. And then when you need to suddenly expand because you had a, a, an unusual spike in traffic, you're not necessarily able to do that as efficiently. Okay. Well, for purposes of our audience, we've been visiting with Teresa Fox. Teresa is Managing Director, Direct and Digital 
with SoundsTrue.com. I would encourage our audience to go to SoundsTrue.com. It's a very innovative company in terms of the variation of products that they sell there and how they deliver those products. It's a very interesting company. That's SoundsTrue.com. And Teresa Fox, as always, we want to thank you for your time today. Sure. Happy to do it. Thank you. That's all the time we have for this week's e-commerce conversation. I hope you enjoyed it. Please tune in next week for another new episode.